Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter and I am going to be talking about Big Little Lies Season 1 Episode 6. It is called Burning Love. So full spoilers for the episode as always. So, uh, if you pay attention to my clothes, you, you may be catching on to the fact that I'm actually recording this review the same night as I did the Episode 5 review. I went and watched Episode 6 straight away and came back to record. Uh, so, yeah, probably because I have a tight week before I the, the season two starts but also because I, I wanted to watch the next one um and so I've been starting with Celeste and Perry like almost every episode now because I think their plot is the the most gripping I suppose is the best worth and there was certainly some gripping in this episode because uh, I think this will always be the episode if when you remember back to the episodes of this this first season I think this will always be the one where Celeste hit Perry in the dick with a tennis racket that is always going to be what this episode is. And it's hard not to get some glee out of it. Because of who he is. Don't get me wrong. As a man who does in fact have a penis, the thought of the pain does make me win somewhat. But he deserves it. So <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a you know, it's a bit of a like yay moment. Uh, even though there's a lot of dark stuff to come before and after, there's a, there's a lot of obviously stuff around it. It is not a fun plot by any means, but just in the sense of that we're watching a TV show and that the bad character gets a little bit of come up and it's just a little bit, uh, like you know. Uh, but we'll get we'll get to the, the reasoning in a second. So he uh, he has to leave for another trip. He's going to Phoenix and he is leaving and he's going to be gone for like two days or whatever. He's back on Thursday. And Celeste points out that he's going to miss the opening of the puppet thing, the puppet show, the play that's, you know, that Madeline's been, you know, involved with. And he basically says, I don't want you to go either, I want you to come with me. And he frames it as a romantic thing. And, you know, it's, it, I think what's really interesting about the this, this show in terms of Celeste's character is that I feel like from episode one or two, you know, most viewers, or at least I was, but I assume most viewers are kind of catching on to how he operates, that he he's very romantic when he feels insecure and as the series goes on and she's going to therapy she actually starts to like sort of admit these things herself and it's actually very fascinating or fascinating well it's fascinating but it's very uh satisfying is what i mean to say as a viewer because it's not only just confirming what we were guessing but it's also that there's an inherent frustration to the way she's denying things because she she's not getting out. She's not like b breaking free. She you, you feel for her and you wish she would break free. Like she has to find the strength herself. So it's satisfying for her to come to the conclusions that we've already come to when she goes to therapy and she says that and therapy's like, oh, he wanted me to go with and he he he's very affectionate. She admits that uh, she you know, has the upper hand and is the stronger of the two, uh, after he's hit her, you know, when the bruises are there, the harder he hits, the longer she's kind of the one in power and the more he'll be apologetic and romantic and try and kind of like win brownie points as much as he can. Uh, but once the bruises have went away, he, you know, he gets the power back and it's this kind of cycle that just never seems to end and seems to even be getting longer and longer, you know, because he's hitting her harder and harder, so he's getting more violent as they go. Um, and once again, the therapist is just dropping, like, bombshells on her, you know, not to us, but to her, but they feel like bombshells in terms of the dialogue, because they are such just very blunt things to say. And in this show, because everyone hides their feelings and everyone's hiding behind, uh, you know, masks of, of various kinds, having someone actually just come out and say the things that need to be said is actually quite shocking. It's kind of like when, um, 
you have a TV show where there's no swearing, there's no F-bombs, right, right, but, like, 15 episodes in, someone will drop an F-bomb, and it'll actually have this impact, it'll have this this hit to it, because we've not heard anyone say that, so it, ha- it feels so much more uh, weighty because of that. Uh, kind of the same thing here, when she just flat-out says, when are you going to leave him? And she's like, I, mean, I think you're being a bit unethical here, uh, therapist, and she's like, well, you can report me, but here's what you do in the meantime, you need to get an apartment. You need to get an apartment and you have to stock the fridge, make sure the beds are prepared so that the day that you decide you have to run and that day is going to come, uh, and the therapist is very blunt about this again, she's not saying if, she's saying when, it's there for you and you can go there. You know, keep it in the local district and so you don't have to like, disrupt the kids' school lives or anything like that, um, but get an apartment. Uh, and this is obviously a big blow to her, she's kind of like really getting the weight of this, uh, but so that this moment of the scene is fantastic, but the highlight of the scene that tops even this is when she then uh, st- tells her to start documenting when she's abused and to take photos of the, the injuries and the bruises and to document down everything that happens and then ultimately says, have you told anyone about this abuse other than me? And Celeste says no. And as far as we know, that is, that is absolutely true. You know, I believe her here in this scene. Uh, you know, the most she's done is tell, you know, Madeline that they have like this passionate sex. Uh, so... And then she does this great thing, and for some reason, like, I don't know if it's just the genius of the scene, or if I'm just genuinely forgetful, but I actually kind of forgot during the scene that, that Celeste was a lawyer. Even though, you know, we made a big deal about that a couple of episodes ago, and we had that great scene where she came in and did a lawyer thing. That's been a big part of her character, it absolutely has. But I was so into the emotion of the scene, that when the therapist said, okay, let's pretend I'm the I'm the, the lawyer in court over a custody battle, because a lot of this is about custody battles, it's about uh, winning the kids, and Perry's the type of guy who's got the ego, uh, that's the final point she says, you know, he's got the money, he's got all the resources, but he's got the ego, more importantly, to try and see the thing through and like fight for his kids. And she says, she starts asking all these questions, why haven't you told anyone that he abused you? Uh, why did you always say that he was a great father? And we've heard her say that. He's, she's said that multiple times throughout the, throughout the show, regardless of what he's doing. You've always said he's a great father. Why didn't you ever say anything about it? And she basically goes to this, this really harsh line of questioning that Celeste can't answer. And Celeste has seen her point. And because I'd forgotten in the, 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 the emotion of the moment that she was also a lawyer, at the end of the scene, when the therapist says, and you're a lawyer, you understand this, it actually kind of had this like double whammy punch on me, where I'm like, holy shit, like, I think what's so beautiful about it is that the therapist took something that she, the world that she knows, the world that she's good at, the world where she feels powerful, and shows how it's going to be used against her, and how she's been with, you know, with Perry, and it's not that it should be that way, it's just the way it is, it's the way that she has to prove all these things to get her, her, her kids, um, you know, because she flat out says that one day he's going to hit the kids. Like, you know, he's, he's hitting you now, sure, but he's going to hit the kids eventually. That's going to happen too. Uh, he's that type of person, uh, at least with a reasonable expectation. So uh, this scene is very good. And again, Nicole Kidman's, you know, acting her ass off. Uh, her her reaction, her silent reaction to a lot of this stuff and not being able to respond to any of these questions. And that's what the, the beauty of it is that she knows that this makes her look like her case is, you know, empty you know she knows she has no case she knows this in a professional level and the point i feel like most people would understand what the therapist is getting at and they'd understand that but as a lawyer she definitely understands it as a lawyer she knows how it can be used and you know i think it scares her a little bit and 
you know, and once again, Perry comes home early as a romantic gesture saying, hey, I, I couldn't miss opening night. And it's like this thing, oh, you came back for me. And it's almost like maybe he's won her over a little bit. Uh, but of course, they're in the, the big closet again. They're they're trying to, you know, she's getting ready. She's got this dress on uh, and he's not quite ready yet. And she's like, no, get ready because, you know, we're going to miss opening night. And he basically starts, you know, touching her and groping her, um, trying to initiate sex. She's like, no, we don't have time. And she tries to walk away. Uh, and it's worth mentioning here, this is probably the most graphic they've got with, with these two in the sense that, um, now I'm, I'm not necessarily sure if it was his real penis. <laughs> I mean, definitely not the one that get hit. <laughs> but it's just the way, sometimes the way a penis is shot coming out of the trousers, you can kind of tell that, okay, it's not the actor's real dick. They've just got like a, a fairly lifelike thing just for a quick shot. And that's fine. But you actually see like a hand on it because uh, he puts her hand on it. Uh, but she tries to leave and he grabs her violently. And her instinct here you know, instead of what, what whatever the normal instinct is, she grabs a tennis racket, like I said at the start of the episode, and smacks him, uh, smacks him right in the dick. And uh, she, she doesn't show up to opening night. Uh, and later later on, like you know, we hear the others talking about it. And as far as they're aware, it was during sex. Like she she, <laughs> she crushed his penis during sex somehow. Uh, and we'll get to like them talking about that later because that's more of a Madeline and Ed scene, but. Um, when they get home and the babysitter who's there watching the kids seems like she knows a fair amount here because she seems nervous to leave them. Uh, and it's not until, you know, Celeste says it's okay, uh, that she, she goes, but, uh, you know, she's like, I'll get you some ice. And as she's walking to the kitchen, he just mutters to himself, you're lucky I didn't kill you. And then he, he limps away, uh, off he goes, uh, and... Yeah, so this is this is pretty clearly the first time he's outright said that, like, or threatened that he would kill her, right? There's been a lot of certainly scenes that we've had witness to, you know, the, the flashback during the sex scene last episode where he was holding her head down where she was kind of suffocating. There's definitely been times where it's came close to th- that kind of idea, but this is the first time where he's flat out just saying it. And sure enough, uh, like, the next day... She she goes and she she's looking at apartments. I mean, in fact, I, in fact, I think she was already maybe looking at apartments uh, before that scene. I actually can't remember what the order was. She goes she goes back to spend the night in the apartment after uh, this though for sure because it's when she leaves and she doesn't she just says she's going out for uh, you know dinner with Jane and she's actually spending the night in the apartment. You know, we we end her story here in the episode with her crying in the apartment after watching the sunset. Um. Uh. So really powerful stuff and. I think her story has been largely the most captivating because it's maybe the most like threatening straight up. Um, it's it's funny because I've barely talked about the the potential murder or you know murder victim or murder suspect throughout the show because it's almost like the least important element of the show. Like I'm sure like whatever murder happens will will feel built up to it and it'll feel like a big deal next episode. But I'm not really thinking about it episode to episode. I'm I'm too in you know ra- you know wrapped up in the drama. Uh, to to be thinking about murder mystery stuff, um, and obviously, you know, Perry's such an obvious choice. Uh, for for either, <laughs> to be honest. So I don't know. We'll see. I kind of hope not, though. I I genuinely hope. I kind of want to see this court battle. I I genuinely want to see Perry have to like find out that he's being left, which may happen next episode, admittedly, which might inspire said killing. Um, but I I definitely like I want to see that, and I want to see them in court. I want to see this stuff and uh like you know does she tell someone in time does she tell someone next steps because i thought we were gonna get to see when she tells madeline i really thought we were gonna get that this episode and we didn't 
So I'm wondering if we get that next episode. And what's really interesting, actually, is the scene where uh, she's on the phone early on to, to Madeline, and they're talking about Jane because because Madeline's found out what Jane did, and she went to see the guy last episode, uh, and she's, you know, Celeste's like, oh, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll talk to her, and Madeline says something along the lines of, oh, you know, it's just like, she can barely relate to me, like, never mind your perfect life. Um, and the irony here, the, the dark irony here, of course, is that Celeste has been assaulted. Like, Jane and Celeste may actually be able to, to kind of... Uh, relate to each other in a way that, like, you know, Madeline can't comprehend right now. And it's a really dark irony here because, you know, Celeste just says, uh, you know, don't say that. You know, I'm not perfect. Like, you know, I, I'm not this great person. Which, is, again, I talk about the scenes having these thematic links throughout the episodes. There's a scene later on where Madeline has a similar speech to, to Abby about not being perfect. Like, don't, don't think I'm perfect. Don't put me in this pedestal. Like, I make mistakes. Um, but, you know, so Celeste is... Um, so it was a beautifully dark irony here where she doesn't think that, you know, Celeste is a good fit to talk to Jane about the fact that she was abused and the idea that she wants revenge and to stick up for herself when, like, they should be talking to each other. They should be, like, they should be, like, leaning on each other probably because they, they have this shared experience. It's not the exact same in situation, but there is a lot of overlap. There, the, the feelings, certainly, there's a lot of overlap. Um... So, no, Celeste's plot was uh, phenomenal as per usual. Uh, so, yeah, Jane with with the, the gun. I actually forgot to mention last episode that she was pulled over by a cop at the end, uh, just for speeding, and she got a speeding ticket by the looks of it. Uh, but she tells Madeline she went in there, and she doesn't admit that she had the gun. Not until later. Not, she doesn't do that until later, where she, she wants to tell, admit to her. Uh, that, I mean, this episode, in a lot of ways, actually, thinking about it, is all three lead characters finally admitting things to other characters. That's very much a theme in this episode, because, obviously, uh, Celeste... Well, I mean, she doesn't really actually... I mean, she admits a lot to the therapist. She doesn't really admit everything. I mean, she sort of admits it by what she doesn't say, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but it definitely feels the most honest with Felter. You know, her, her breaking down the apartment and making that move, like... I guess, actually, let me rephrase it in a better way. She's honest to herself. By the end of the episode, Celeste is honest to herself, and that's why she's willing to make the move. Uh, and Jane eventually is honest to Madeline about taking the gun. And she didn't think she was going to shoot him, but she didn't know. She didn't know for sure. Uh, and, you know, because we, we get this scene of her driving back at the start, and it intercuts with uh, Ziggy staying over at Madeline's, and she's, you know, he's playing with Chloe, and they're running around and having fun. And it's kind of this, this stark contrast between the two. But... Yeah, so basically there's a petition going around uh, to suspend Ziggy and she finds out uh, in the class and it's actually the teacher who, you know, who's come and spoken to her before who tells her and says she's not happy about it, the principal's not happy about it, this is not how they do things, but she wants us to know that it's happening, that there's people signing this petition. And it just so happens that Renata and Gordon are, you know, coming out of the school somewhere else and Jane storms out when she sees them to confront them and says, it was this you that did this petition, what is this? Um, and they have a fight. I mean, Jane kind of starts, like, you know, pushing her and grabbing at her, and eventually it ends in, uh, like, kind of an accidental like, eye gouge, <laughs> essentially. She's like, oh my eye! Renata's like, I'm going to sue you! Um, can I just point out the irony here that, you know, they're all obsessed with, um, like, what's happening to their kids that ultimately what they're what what renata doesn't want her kid to be involved in she's now involved in and that she's having a bit of a a, a fight on on school grounds the fact that they're on the school when they have this kind of fight is uh very interesting but what's really fascinating about it is that 
this actually leads to some honesty where it's after this where you know jane talks to madeline about you know she did go with the gun and she's more honest about how she feels and she asked if there was other you know yeah, i think john saxon was the guy's name was there other like results when she was looking for the attacker because this guy wasn't the, the right one and she goes to renata renata's house who's got a bandage over her eye and basically just wants to apologize and says that she understands how she feels because you feel like your daughter's, you know, your kid's been attacked and you can't do anything about it. And I feel the same way about Ziggy, which is why I'm being defensive and why I lashed out. Um, and they actually come to an understanding where they, they, they bond and understand how each other feels. And, um, you know, because she asked, do you really believe Ziggy did it? And she's like, I don't know. And, you know, Renata is very honest that, you know, Amabella has never, like, changed her stance on what happened on Orientation Day, but she's adamant that Ziggy hasn't been doing anything since, and that they're friends, that, you know, he's a sweet boy, is, I think is the phrase. Um, and, you know, there's a point here where they actually smell at each other, and then there's a later scene where, this is before she gets, uh, uh, well, it's actually, she, she confronts the, the person who started the petition, the mum who started the petition, she gives her, like, shit for it, but there's a scene where her and Renata are actually getting along, and they're talking about what to do and like they're just they're, they're being pleasant to each other um i don't even really remember what was said in this scene they're, just, they're standing next to the car and like they're being kind of friendly and you know renata's holding a coffee and it's just it is what it is and uh she, she's oh, that's, what, that's what it was she's asking for a play date uh with ziggy uh the idea being that you know like they don't trust the the teachers to keep an eye on them because there's so many kids so why don't we set up a play date where we can both be there and both keep an eye and see if there's anything wrong and you know the, the, her plan is to actually sell play dates with every kid in the class <laughs> to eventually suss out the, the, the perp uh which is wonderfully renata i'll say that it's wonderful renata um and jane says what even even chloe and she's like well if that you know evil bitch madeline <laughs> uh, uh but you know it's, it's, it's in jest and it's, it feels like she's reached this point where she's kind of like dealt with this even though the deal the situation with dealing with her actual own like you know, uh, her own issues with what happened to her uh, and admitting this to Ziggy because Chloe apparently tells Ziggy that the puppets in the show they're going to see have sex. Uh, the kids don't go, but, you know, she says that about that's why the kids aren't allowed to go. And Ziggy starts asking questions about sex. <laughs> so she has to kind of explain sperm and, you know, uh, uh, fertilization, <laughs> as it were. And he's like, so dad fertilized you? I mean, he says something, he says it wrong, so it's kind of cute, but uh you know so, so it's getting closer to being honest although clearly there's a longer conversation that has to happen when he's older i mean uh certainly but you know it, it feels like she's at the most honest place she's been in a while um and yeah so so it feels oddly optimistic for her uh to a point to a point uh by the end of the episode um so you know <laughs> you know that's what it is um and then we have madeline uh who you know like she has a fight with ed because you know the whole crushing penis thing uh has like has ed thinking oh we never have passionate sex i mean the sex is nice but it's not passionate it's not this it's not that um and they kind of have this this conversation again um and it's just before this actually when they're at the show where uh i keep remember forgetting the uh the old dude's name uh joseph uh joseph's wife uh comes up to madeline and says are you the person that he cheated on me with because i know he cheated you know he 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 she knows when he's lied and he, she knows he's not st over her yet and we don't get here at the end of the conversation 
Um, but finally, so we've building up to this puppet show for a while, but we've also been building up to the dinner. The dinner with uh, Ed and, Ed and uh, Madeline with uh, Bonnie and Nathan. And before we get to the dinner, though, the other side of this is that Bonnie finds out and tells Nathan what this secret project is that we, you know, we heard about last episode that Abby's uh, involved in. And it turns out that she is auctioning off her virginity on the internet uh, for for a sex trafficking charity, um, which is, you know, a lot for a father to hear. He gets very angry and upset and he... he you know, wants to shout at her, he wants to grab her laptop and, and snap it. You've, I mean, not that will stop anything, but, you know, he's, he's angry. He's upset. And this actually upsets the younger daughter, uh, the younger daughter that lives in the house, who we've not really seen that much of in a while. Uh, it's, you know, is crying, so everything kind of, like, de-escalates there. And, you know, and they even have a little fight in the morning where uh, Abby doesn't want to talk about it. She wants to just leave, and he's trying to have a calm conversation about it. He wants to talk to her. And she's very adamant that this is like you know the right thing to do. That you know if a, if a kid can be sold into sex slavery, then you know a way you know if no one cares about that, then they should care. You know a, a, a teenage girl from you know a rich town should absolutely you know cause a stir, I suppose. Um, and he actually gets mad at Bonnie here and kind of blames her for for the the hippie lifestyle for convincing her this is a good idea. And then he in defiance of her. Uh, eats more crappy cereal. He's got like chocolate cereal, chocolate puffs or whatever they are, and he's he, he ends up pouring more on the bowl out of like defiance. So even they're shown to have a little bit of a, a little bit of disconnect. Um, but we have the dinner, and this dinner has is actually hilarious before the drama of it because not only is Reese Willerspoon um uh, intoxicated and is being very silly and like you know, like, oh, look at the little fork, look at the little cups, and she's, like, talking about every little detail and kind of making fun of it. It's very clear to me that, um, or it was very clear to me that this was building up to them telling them, to telling Madeline specifically what the project was. And I was actually starting to giggle at the thought of it. When he started to bring it up, I was like, oh, yeah, we know what the project is. And she's like, oh, do tell. And he, like, takes so long. He's like, well, you should know that it's for a good cause and we should we should support the good cause. And I got angry when I heard about it. You should brace yourself for this. And he's like, oh, stop being a bird the bush. And he finally says she's auctioning her virginity. And they don't believe her. He's like, is this a sick joke? And he's like, nope, dead serious. And Madeline has such an honest reaction. She just starts vomiting. And <laughs> she vomits, you know, onto the ground at first. And then she vomits onto the table. And then eventually the, the third, the rule of threes, the third one's got to be the big one that tops it all. She vomits and it actually hits Bonnie. And, you know, symbolism and all that aside. Uh, and she goes to talk to Bonnie, uh, to talk to Abby rather afterwards. And the beautiful thing about this is that it's a great scene because she's trying to like be be a mother and try and explain why she shouldn't do this, why this is a mistake, and why this is something that she'll regret no matter how good the cause is. You know, the cause is great. The, the cause obviously it's a fine cause. No one's no one is debating that. But she's trying to say it's a mistake, and this is where the, the the you know the comparison from earlier on, where Madeline thinks Celeste is perfect, but she's not really because she doesn't open up about her problems, and Abby thinks that Madeline you know is this perfect you know thing that she can't live up to because she doesn't open up about her problems, and she has to admit things, and she admits she's made mistakes, and she actually flat out admits that she had an affair. She says that, and it's like she basically for the first time in the entire show with her daughter, instead of like manipulating, instead of like trying to like stack the deck to like convince her to stay, or instead of just playing the games that she plays, she just lets herself be vulnerable and actually just says, 
you know the the thing that she needs to do to convince her that no look i've made mistakes i had an affair and like i almost ruined my marriage and my relationship with my kids before it and i was like you still love it and she sort of you know nods her head while she's crying um and what really works about this as a viewer is that we do still get like as much as we didn't get it with ed right where ed we have this different scene which is very interesting in its own right where he doesn't want to hear it we still get to have the 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 admission to someone she still has to admit it to someone and she misses you know obviously she, you know chloe's too young to be getting this information but she she decides that her daughter is at an age where she needs this honesty and it's this lack of the lack of this kind of honesty perhaps i mean maybe not specifically like stuff that's this big but the lack of honesty and and affection i suppose is is what affection's not the right word but you know what i mean like the lack of honesty is is what made uh abby have the pressure that drove her out of the house and yeah so you know if, if she if she'd been like more honest with her before this, this that might never have happened so no it's a fantastic scene performances are very good um and as someone has always kind of found reese willispin annoying it's really upsetting to me to admit that she's uh <laughs> that she's really good here but she's really good here <laughs> so um yeah so no no, it was, uh, it, was, it was great. Uh, it was a great episode. Um, so much culmination kind of happened, and obviously it's kind of weird that everyone's kind of in a better place right before the finale. But we still actually have to deal, of course, with whoever's actually harming at Amabel. Obviously, we still have to deal with Perry and Celeste and how she leaves him and what sort of outcome that might have. Uh, there was someone, you know, there was a creepy character like watching some of the characters a couple of times earlier, uh, in the season. Unless that was Joseph and I just didn't recognize him, but I don't think it was. I feel like he had a goatee. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm misremembering. Why would he be spying on Ed, though? That's that's weird. That's weird. Um, you know, and it was just little things like Nathan like rehearsing his Elvis songs because he wants to be Ed, and just little dick measuring contests like that that kind of kind of come up. And you know, it's it's very much the same with the mothers. It's you know, it's a different type of dick measuring, but it's essentially what it is. Uh, especially between Madeline and Renata um you know it's just a different different form of dick measuring <laughs> so now a lot of great big stuff in this one uh again therapy scene was great uh you know celeste actually taking action was very exciting madeline's like admissions were great uh all good stuff so uh there you go that is uh that is episode six which means we have one more episode which we'll have i'll have up before season two hits uh at the end of the week uh, maybe the may even be the day of the finale actually or the day of the, the premiere that i'm thinking about maybe the day before uh it depends there's a lot of stuff going up this week so i'm, I'm gonna have to sprinkle them in at reasonable places but uh that is a uh, that is big little ice uh, episode six so let me know what you thought of the episode in the comments below like subscribe all that stuff get me on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates uh, or you can get me personally on twitter at wibble 89 if you wish uh you can support the show and the channel and everything we do here by going to patreon.com slash tv and uh you know, support us for as little as one dollar per month. You get some bonuses, exclusive, some early stuff, and uh, voting rates and certain tiers and all that kind of thing. So go have a look. You can also support us by like rating us on your your, your podcast app, your iTunes or whatever, giving us five stars and a little review. Uh, it helps spread out the show to more people. Maybe more people will find us and enjoy us. Uh, but otherwise, that's us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?